We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Screen Heroes. My name is Ray. I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Derek. Hi. How are you? Good. Good, good. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I'm hanging in there, you know? Sweetness. Surviving. Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, props and Halloween and Comic-Cons and everything? Busy. Yeah? I just like, how's props? Yeah. How are props, Ryan? Just in general. How do they feel right now? They feel very plasticky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are props in fall of 2019? They're in a good place <laughs> right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good start, guys. We're really killing it. I know. We I we're doing a great think job. so. I think we're fine. You know, we're fine, guys. We're fine. Okay. So tonight we're going to be discussing the most rewatchable movies. This is a totally opinion based podcast so you know totally opinion my favorite kind deal with it almost all of ours are opinion that's true no i mean i maintain that my review of you know a wrinkle of time a wrinkle in time is pretty factual it was crap (laughs) i mean that's fair well we are going to have our news segment we have our news segment which is not opinion based well well some of it is. we provide the objective part and then our opinion of it right so that's you know yeah, so of course. What? You want your phone? I do. It has my notes on it. Thank okay, you. Okay, well, let's start with the controversy around the Joker film. In the last week, multiple theaters have released statements about this movie, and they've all been very weird. The more Todd Phillips talks, talks <laughs> and Phoenix doesn't talk, the less I want to go see this movie. You have been just dipping in interest level. Okay, let's be real though. Derek was not ever very interested. In I this think movie, he was. So. I think last year. No, because we talked no? about it on here, and he was like, "Why are they making a Joker movie? This doesn't make any sense." This With is the so Bale dumb. voice, and we were all agreeing <laughs> that wasn't quite a Bale voice. That was maybe it was really Batman close. Begins. It was really that was maybe close. Begins Bale voice. But um, I mean, he even then he was he's the biggest DC fan maybe in the room, and he was trashing it hard when it was announced. I wasn't trashing it hard. Well, you're trashing the idea hard. of it hard. I, I was not hard. I've never been excited about the movie. Okay. I've never been looking forward to the movie, but now like I actively just don't want to see it. 
you like, actively didn't want to see it before. No, there's a difference between like I really didn't think it was going to be very good. I thought it was a bad idea, and I thought I wasn't going to enjoy it. Okay. Now I just think the director's being a total jackass about the whole thing, and I think that Phoenix not speaking and walking out of interviews means one. There's only two, one interview, right? One interview, yeah. but he also was. I mean, on the red carpet, they just refused to have any reporters or anything like that, and that that means one of two things to me. It means that either a he doesn't have anything good to say, which is not a great sign, or b he doesn't think it's important enough to say anything, which is also not a very good sign. And clearly he's allowed to talk because Todd Phillips won't shut up about it. So I just... I don't think those are the only two options. I mean, what else is there? Uh, There's the option that he says something and it makes things worse for the movie because it's taken out of context or, um, you know, he, he doesn't have something prepared. And so he says something that maybe isn't exactly what he meant to say and it comes across the wrong way. Or maybe it's something he intended to say and it makes things worse. Uh, look, he's not a, a fresh young actor. Not being prepared for a scheduled interview. No, but also lame. he's done some weird ass shit on <laughs> uh, talk that's shows true. and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure, like, it's entirely possible that that's the option. That's true. That 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 is true. I just I think that when you take on a movie like this, and he knew what this was, that to not expect those types of questions is also kind of crazy. Um, and my problems really lie with the director. Todd Phillips just keeps saying things that are worse and worse about it. You know, the, and I just, um, I don't want his hands on the franchise, frankly, at this particular point. So I know, I know it's a little late now, but I also didn't know how much of a jackass he was. Right. Um, I don't really know much about him prior to this. Um, what if he gets announced to announce or to uh, direct the next Star Trek movie? Yeah, I'll be very disappointed. That would not be good. I mean, I, I will. We have to deal with problematic director Tarantino first. Yeah, what if they just go with all problematic directors now? That's uh, a new direction. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I just don't want to see it, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. What but do you it, think, Rachel? We haven't well, heard much from you. So the thing is, it, this isn't about my uh, my opinion on it. The, the Joker has had some weird stuff come out. So... Uh, one theater in uh, specifically um, the Aurora, Colorado one where the uh, shooting was during Dark Knight Rises, that theater said they're just not going to show it. And then Alamo Draft House had an, a statement today they put out saying, like, please don't bring your kids to this. We've seen it. There is no Batman. Like, we know it's rated R, but we also know some parents, like, make that judgment call, and that's fine, but this is, you're not going to like it. Like, it's slow, and it's disturbing, and it's done like that on purpose. So, it's just really weird to me that so many different theater chains are having to put out warnings or um, comments and statements about one movie. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, even the, the the U.S. Army has talked to its own people, its own troops about how to handle possible shootings from credible sources this weekend. There have been threats, some credible, some not credible. L.A. The L.A. police claim there haven't been any credible threats, um, you know, but there have been some in other states. And, you know, I mean, 
do I want to see this movie enough to deal with that? Like, no, I just, I don't. So that's, that's that. Okay. Good talk, guys. I, I just wanted to comment on that. Like, this is the news part. So. Yeah. I was agreeing with you. Okay. I was just stating the army part. I didn't know if you had heard about that. Yeah, that that's a little odd. Like, but you do on the other side. I've, I brought this up in our chat that that uh, you do feel bad for the people that worked on this film that aren't really at the people that get interviewed or like anything like that. You know, there's, there's hundreds of people probably yeah. uh, crew wise that worked really hard on this film for probably years of their lives and are really proud of it and beyond what the director's doing, like the U.S. Army issuing warnings and things like that, that kind of fucks them. I mean, their their movie is not going to make money potentially because of that and everything else. And I mean, it sucks. I feel like them. this whole situation is bad. I feel like if it's a great performance, but people miss out on it, then it, Phoenix definitely loses. If nobody goes to see it, Clearly, the people who worked on it, you know, they have, they lose out on something. But then also, like, imagine you're a 17-year-old kid and your boss is telling you, well, we've had a shooting threat for our theater. So, you know, let's go through the active shooter training right now. So, like, this whole situation just kind of sucks. We can't just have, like, a good Joker movie. So it's all just been tainted and i mean the more and more comes out about it the less interested i'm in as well but i still want to see the movie is i still think valid artistic effort has been put behind it so and i mean there's still a lot of oscar buzz for joaquin phoenix about exactly. it and that it's an amazing performance so you know yeah that makes me interested yeah i agree all right so what do we got next moving on you want to talk Kevin Smith? He just dropped sure. Clerks 3 stuff today. Yeah. I didn't really read the article, so I'm not familiar with the, the Clerks 3 stuff other than is there a script? Is that what it is? The is script is script? being completely rewritten from the version that's been floating around for the last you know, Well, yeah. Like, he years. came out with the, I want to say, the Clerks 3 script, like, maybe a year after Clerks 2. And he decided to put it on hold. So well, didn't that's one of the been like seven or eight years. They say they weren't interested in doing another movie. I think it's the guy who plays Dante. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of them had a big falling out um, a long time ago. And doing two wasn't even particularly easy. But Kevin Smith's kind of, he's on this you know new kick of trying to make amends to people. He and Ben Affleck made up uh, recently over the summer, which was good news for um the jay and silent bob reboot and now they've made up um you know to uh to do this next movie so i mean so that's that's brian o'halloran and um he'll be back they'll all be back apparently the entire principal cast will be returning which so, i assume means rosario dawson as well she she yeah she, uh, yeah, she wasn't cool. in the first one yeah of she course. was in the second one yeah. so i imagine that's, there's right. a possibility of that yeah she was a main character in the second one mm-hmm. so so, I mean, that has me very interested. I like Clerks a lot. Uh, Clerks 2, I also enjoy quite a bit. So, um, Yeah, so, Ryan. So, t- speaking of Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a fan of a little YouTube show called Hot Ones. It's the show with hot questions and even hotter wings. Yes, that show is hilarious. <laughs> okay. 
Well, recently. <laughs> yeah, well, I've plugged them before, but uh, that does more for us if we tag them than it does for them. But That's probably true. In any case, uh, Kevin Smith, if you don't know what it is, it's a talk show where you they bring a celebrity on and they have, I think, 10 wings laid out of progressive spiciness and they ask really deep interview questions and while they're eating these wings and the host also does it they do it at the same time so that it's a shared pain experience (laughs) but uh uh supposedly kevin smith tweeted that uh that they they passed on him being a person to be interviewed on that show and so they made their own not ones show for his youtube channel him and jay (laughs) and uh That caused a lot of controversy because that show is really popular. It's, it is. It's, it's yeah, a very it's one of the most YouTube popular show. YouTube shows. Especially yeah. probably the most popular interview show on YouTube. And uh, and Kevin Smith is like a perfect fit for that show. So if that was true, then that was a pretty big deal that they would have rejected him. So then um, the host, Sean Evans of Hot Ones, tweeted out a video of him walking through what looked like an airport um, explaining what had happened and said that he had never – that they had never – said that they pass on Kevin Smith or something like that and that uh, they would love to have him on and that they film 12 episodes per season and they have these all planned out and they travel all across the country to set up for these shows and the shows take time to edit so they couldn't fit him in on this current season but that they really wanted to have him on and that there was an ongoing conversation and so he he kind of I think he flat out said Kevin Smith was lying about this um which we all know, if you've watched any of his interviews, he does embellish a lot on things to make things more entertaining. He does. And so then he came back <laughs> with a video and said, uh, hey, man, I didn't something like I didn't want to, you know, throw shade at you. The Internet kind of blew this up out of proportion, um, you know, but Did to be they, fair, though? Did they? to be fair, he said the very first email that he ever got from them said we pass or something along those lines. Um, but that they had had an ongoing conversation after that. Um, so yeah, it sounds like they want him on in 2020 and then supposedly Kevin Smith pitched pot ones and, uh, and Sean Evans, the host of hot ones said that he would love to come on for that if he did it. So he's a big fan of parodies of the show. So he likes to support those however he can, but in any case, kind of a big controversy unfolded over the past couple of days. If you're a YouTube internet type person, then you then you might have seen some of the tweets and things like that. But that's kind of funny. It was cool. <laughs> they were both actually really cordial about everything, which is not something you see very often. Which right. was probably worth newsworthy in itself. It's too... So here's a question. Sure. Is it all just a setup? It could be just to There's make a, there it is, go viral. There is a whole uh, movement of people in the Hot Ones community that think that this whole thing was a setup and that he's going to be like the season finale or something, and that all this was to just to drum up uh, more viewers for, and to promote for Jay Silent Bob reboot drums, chicken <laughs> wings. So yeah, there is this that. This is out why there. I married that woman. Um, Very clever, Derek. That you figured that out. And Ray, I'm going to ignore that <laughs> whole fine. thing. It's fine. But it was all right. I mean, you get one point for that. So one, just one. I mean, I've never seen the show, so I don't know anything about those guys. You I really should really give it. Watch opinion, the Terry but... Crews episode. Oh my gosh! If you don't yeah, fall yeah, in love Terry with Cruz. that, it then... seems like a really fun concept. Honestly, yeah. I just never got around he, to it. He, in the interviewer, Sean Evans is is really amazing. He does so much research on people ahead of time, and his questions are always, almost always, the interviewer or the person being interviewed says something about how incredible the interview was, and these questions are amazing and. 
Well, that's great. So it's really worth watching. The Terry yeah. Crews episode is probably my favorite. As somebody who every convention gets asked the same five cosplay questions by podcast number 12, I appreciate really good questions. Yeah. I'm always stumped when somebody's like, and hey, by the bad, way. Like, imagine doing a press tour for a movie. Exactly. Literally, everybody's asking you the exact yeah, same Yeah, you have 39 interviews, that, like, back to back, you don't move. And- yeah. Well, yeah. some of these actors who've been doing it like their entire lives and now they're in their 70s or 80s. I mean, what do you ask them anymore? Like, what do you what do you ask William Shatner at this point or Morgan Freeman? Who, well, press know? junkets are relatively new in the world of Hollywood, like within the last 30 years. So he wasn't doing it during the Star Trek in the same manner. Like he, they were still bombarded, of course, but it wasn't like the same as it is now. So. Yeah, I I agree. What question do you have for William Shatner that he hasn't already answered a million times? I I love that show so much that I'm pretty sure they would find questions for him. That's how good of an interviewer that guy is. So seriously, check out the episodes. People, you'll love it. Fair enough. Um, Okay, so next up, we have more Spider-Man news. Oh, my God. Every week, it's a different thing that we're reporting on. Okay, Spider-Gate. So, Sony has allowed Disney visitation rights on the (laughs) weekends. (laughs) Like, that's that's pretty much it. Disney came down about half of what they're... Exactly. But also five times what they were getting initially. Exactly. So, you know, both sides kind of... Well, so... The, the big deal here, I think, I mean, the money is obviously important, but I think the, the biggest deal here is the way the Spider-Man character and universe is handled now. When Disney, when the deal fell through, Disney was asking Sony for, yeah, 50%, um, but also the ability to completely control the entire Spider-Verse, which means future Venom films, into the Spider-Verse, everything. In the new deal, Disney gets half as much money and they do not get to control any of Sony's Half as much projects. as the initial offer. Uh, five uh, times as much offer. of what their original sure. agreement was. Yes. So, yeah. But they still get... I think it's important to designate because they are making more... They're still making a ton money. of money. They are making more money, but Tom Holland's Spider-Man can appear in other non-MCU productions, so he could be in Venom 2, he could be in a standalone film in the Sony universe, and Sony does not have to listen to Disney as it pertains to their own films. Yep. On and Kevin Feige that, actually seemed excited that he could move into the multi. He's the first like multiverse spanning character. Well, part of the the reason Sony said that they didn't like the initial deal is because Kevin would not be involved yeah. like he was, and they wanted to work with Kevin for I mean obvious reasons, right? And guess what? He will be working as, as a consultant and an executive producer on the project again, even though he's. So busy. He's supposedly moving over to Star Wars now. Uh, So, you know, I I understand why Sony might have been concerned about that, because once you've worked with somebody at an organization, working with somebody else may not provide the same experience. Um, We'll remember when Sony first came back about it and they were like, we we it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Realize how busy Kevin Feige is and that he he probably doesn't have time to do this or whatever. That was their excuse. Yeah. And now, not only does he have time to do that, but he also has time to do a Star Wars project, you know? so Yeah, things got shuffled around pretty quick. And while, yeah, Disney's getting more money, I think at the end of the day, Sony got a much better deal out of this yeah. than I think. Than what was originally proposed, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the original deal was never going to be in place. That 5%, like, come on, that was never going to be renewed. I think this is the best Sony could have hoped for and still have a deal with Disney. Right. Right. And it's only for one film plus possibly an appearance in another. Right. They're going to do a Spider-Man trilogy. They'll finish that out. And then it's a little wishy-washy, but from all the reports I've looked at, it kind of sounds like they mean one ensemble film, too. Right. So one solo, one ensemble, something like that. Yeah. Secret Avenger, wherever they're going with that. But yeah, it'll probably be the Avengers movie uh, beginning of Phase 5 or something. The Avengers equivalent, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Happening. So they've already slotted in the time, the, the release date. Uh, it's, is it uh, July of 2021, I think? Something like that. Um, it makes it actually so this theoretically, if everything stays as is, um, D- Disney will be releasing four MCU films in 2021, which is the most they ever plus what two or three MCU TV Disney shows. Plus shows, yeah. yeah, which are apparently being handled by Marvel Studios now instead of Marvel Television. So yeah, because Marvel Television is now going to all animated shows supposedly. Right. So they have their hands full. Um, I'm I'm gonna bet that something from 2021 pushes not spider-man but something else will move out of 2021 i think to give phase four some more breathing room well i imagine it'll be you know the whatever ensemble movie is gonna be that's not that's not 2021 oh you're right yeah 2021 um i don't even remember but no next year is only two films right and two shows right or is it three shows and two films so it's uh uh, captain falcon and the winter soldier the what if series and loki i I thought what if was 2021 is it we had this whole timeline we talked about all of this i can't keep it all well the movies are black widow and the eternals next year yeah 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 and shang chi i think it's 2021 with black panther 2 no no that's the next year that's 2022 yeah yeah so man there's uh, a lot of stuff dr strange, dr. strange too. too yeah and there was a third one uh, thor love and thunder thor, yeah yeah that was it there you go okay so i i don't know i would imagine something may push to 2022 just with marvel studios taking on also the tv shows um that's just a lot of content for that organization to scale up to that in the span of a year that's not easy Mm-mm. so yeah. okay so, what else we got? Any other news? Didn't you? There wanna... was a big prop store auction. <laughs> yeah, people. I wasn't stuff. as prepared as I thought I would be for this, but uh, yeah, they sold a lot of a lot of like big ticket stuff from big ticket movies: Ghostbusters, Star Wars. Um, they had uh, The Shining, yep. uh, Monty Python, and the Holy Grail. Um, they had Luke's lightsaber was 147,600 pounds it sold for. I don't know what the conversion rate is, but that's a lot of money. 
It is. Um, it's probably around a hundred grand. The axe from The Shining sold from a hundred for one hundred seventy two thousand two hundred. That's cool. Pounds. <laughs> You'd buy that. And what do you think? The, what much. do you think the Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch sold for for Monty Python? I saw it was Holy for Grail. sale. I couldn't believe it uh, that the thing still exists. Um, I don't know, eighty. 80,000? 67,650. So it's a okay. bargain, Derek. Okay. A yeah. bargain. It's a steal, guys. Yeah. A I steal. think one of the, this is just going off memory, so I might be wrong, but I think one of the ghost traps went, or the ghost trap that they had went from like 245,000 <laughs> pounds. I don't know, whatever that sure. is in American dollars. But yeah. Not it, quite half. There was a guy in one of the Ghostbusters groups that bought, in one of the Ghostbusters Facebook groups that bought the uh, screen used jumpsuit, stance jumpsuit that they had for sale in there. I think he paid like 60 grand for it. That's How awesome. is the trap more than the the, the trap? Are suit? you kidding me? It's a screen worn. Yeah, suit. But the trap is iconic. I think personally, I'd rather have something the actor really like, wore. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather have the so trap. you could smell it. You weirdo. Well, like he wants could, to wear it. He well, wants to smell like race dance. People do this with with like athletic jerseys and stuff, right? You get it. You get it sealed in a frame, and you put it on the wall, and you can have it there. Whereas you know the trap, I guess you can put it in. A it's easier case, to display. Yeah, but I don't know. I'd rather have the suit. Different strokes for different folks. I'd rather have the trap. Not for that price difference. No. <laughs> the price difference, the suit was a bargain. Right. But, yeah. So, check that out. Prop Store of London, I think it is, that was doing it. So, was that the same auction that was selling the, like, really creepy falling apart Ninja Turtle head? I believe it was, yeah. For 10 grand. Yeah, Ninja Turtle. But it was from the third movie, one where they looked like frogs. So. That was a bad movie, They looked man. bad when they were in good condition. But <laughs> Yeah, they did. I mean, they, they looked like a good piece of work but not like good ninja turtles yeah no, right yeah. but yeah. now this one's like all like eroded this it looks one looks funky. like if you've uh played the five nights at freddy's it looks like uh <laughs> looks like one of the animatronics from five nights at freddy's i like it i yeah. like it thing of nightmares Jeez. cool yeah anything else i i think that's it okay all right guys we're gonna take a very short break here for the podcast we'll be right back Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, Old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and the Tenth Kingdom. And we're going to do a movie here and there. Maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays coming in September. Hey everyone, we are back and we are going to talk about our rewatchable movies. Not necessarily favorites, not necessarily greats, but the ones we find ourselves watching over and over and over. We're also going to talk about what makes these movies rewatchable and exactly which movies we think 
in 2019, 2020 will become rewatchable movies. Okay, I didn't prepare for that part, so that well, should be interesting. I'm just adding some spice. I'm like Salt Bay, all on you. That's like this, Rachel. You got to get it right. Sorry. Well, such a visual podcast. Really right. Is. Well, we do live stream this on Twitch every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Ooh. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. So that's true. Twitch.tv slash Heroes Podcast. With an S. Ray, why don't you kick us off then? All right. So. One of, uh, like, it's my absolute favorite movie, but it is kind of a slog. So I watch it uh, now every Christmas. It's it's Wizard of Oz. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jingle All the Way. Huh? Uh, no, that's actually right after Wizard okay. of Oz. But I watch it every Christmas. I have for the last, like, four or five years. And, uh, like, not, I, I find that not as many people enjoy that movie as much as I thought nobody enjoys it as much as i do but i thought people were like really liked it and the movie is like three hours and i just sit there and sing a lot so i i rewatch it because it just brings me joy even to this day i like tear up at the end and i find so much value in every single character and i love all the behind the scenes how they did all the special effects since you know it was the 1930s where they were filming there's a lot of drama on set. There are four directors, and you there know there was a suicide that you can see on screen. That it's been debunked so many nope, times. Nope, it's fact. Nope. Wow. <laughs> anyway, anyway, not my most rewatchable film. I couldn't sit and watch this every single weekend, but it is my favorite, and I do watch it at a specific time every single year. So I wanted to just get that out of the way first so we See, could talk about i some went more with stuff. movies that you could i could watch every weekend okay because that seems more rewatchable to me than a movie that i watch once every 365 days so i, I do want to throw out that i i used to watch the wizard of oz a lot because really? my mother loves oh, okay. that movie so much but when we moved out here because my family's not from kansas city when we moved out here we discovered that that the yellow brick road was not real no People oh. from here really hate when you bring up the Wizard of Oz. So. It's true. <laughs> Not all of us. Well, most of us. It does look like that, though. Like the brown sepia tone. Like Yeah, Kansas, Kansas is just like. completely. Yeah, we have a Zack Snyder filter on all, all the time. time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should make it out here. So, Ryan, what's, what's one of yours? I feel like there's going to be a lot of crossover on a lot of our lists. Yeah, probably. So, but that's okay. I don't know how long. This might be the shortest podcast ever. We'll see. Um, I'm going to put one that uh, I, I wouldn't guess that either of you would have on your list. Also, one that you probably wouldn't guess that I have on my list. It's a musical. Ooh. It's not the musical you're thinking of that you know I like. This is one of my little guilty pleasures, Grease. No really? way. I enjoy Grease. All right. Huh. Learn yeah. something new about Ryan. Yeah, listen. John Travolta kills it. He does. Olivia Newton-John kills it. There's she a fast does. car. There's a song about the fast car. <laughs> There's a song about the fast It'll car. make the girls cream. And it might make me cream. That's a nice car. Okay, let's get real. Did but you know they censored that line when they played it on TV? They did, yeah. That movie, I've watched a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't. a lot of these movies are different now because they might not be on streaming services or the, a lot of these movies were movies that when I was flipping channels, you know, growing up, they would be on a lot. Yes. Yes. And so same. I find that nowadays the rewatchable movies aren't quite the same for me. There's a few, but. Uh, That's fair. I do feel like I could go watch that one again anytime. 
We actually just watched that one not too long ago. Yeah. I didn't think you were a fan, Rachel, of that movie. Why? For some reason, I feel like I thought I heard you talk, tra- talk trash on that movie. Okay, so when I was a kid, I absolutely adored it. I'm a huge musical fan. Like I, There's not that many musicals out there that I hate. But Grease doesn't age that well. There's a lot of rape jokes. There's a lot of drugging the chicks kind of joke or, you know. So uh, there are certain parts that don't age well, but there are like wonderful parts that have aged beautifully. And you're totally right. Travolta and uh, Newton John are just amazing together. So I don't watch it as often as I used to, but I still like I love it. It's funny you guys are like making the list my mom would be really happy with. Yeah. She also loves Greece, so I've seen that a million. She's about times. to become this number one Screen Heroes so, fan. I know that's great. <laughs> so I actually I do like Greece, except for literally the very end where the car flies off. Screw you! Like, just, but the whole uh, the rest of the movie's all grounded in a sense of reality, you know. Except I guess maybe the. When they're singing in the um, diner in the mechanic shop, and like it becomes a totally different. Location what about for the five diner seconds? where she completely hallucinates an angel coming to sing to her? Like, chill out. Yeah, it's, Derek. I feel like you're being really. There are some fantastical elements here that I think you're forgetting. Like the car flying away just was too. That was jumping the shark for Greece. Really? Oh More my than gosh. an angel suddenly appearing and right. Like, I mean, it could have just been a person who walked in. Like the car flies away. It's Grease Lightning. They said it flies in the song. I don't think that's what they meant. Well, you don't know what they meant. Clearly, that's what they meant. Sandy wasn't going to cream in front of everybody. Right. Come on. They had to go. They had to get to a private place. Of course. Of course. Your um, logic is flawed. It's your turn. You turn. you pick a movie. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go with, with a musical. You have to now. I don't have a musical on my list. Well, then you have to leave that's the podcast. Like you didn't pick a musical for your first one. The Wizard of Oz is classified as a musical. Yeah, I didn't know that. there's like 15 songs right, and dance numbers. I don't know what the qualifications for musical are. It's something like I don't think it's song number. I think it's like percentage yeah, it's, of it's, it that's sung or something like that. It's when the characters just break out in song okay. as opposed. You would know better than I would. Huh? Yeah, I multiple mean, I times. Musical, like but... there's there's a few things where people have you know musical breaks for fun like i wouldn't call 40 year old virgin a musical even though they have that spontaneous break and the, the way they end it but they so, have to just be woven into this yeah that's i never really thought about i've never considered that the wizard of i was a musical that's very interesting yes it okay. is you've just altered derek's entire reality it totally yeah, is everything about it well i'm very sorry i don't have a musical on my list um, i guess if i was gonna pick one Hmm. Just to throw one out there, real cats, quick. The new cats no, movie. It would. It would be. It would be the uh, the newer uh, Muppets movie. The Muppets movie. Over yes. Little Shop of Horrors. Um, Come on. Oh man. If you were gonna pick a musical, See, I, I thought I was, that's where you're going. Neither of those were on my list, right? But yeah, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors is absolutely fantastic and wonderful. Uh, but my pick is uh, Rocky Four. Just gonna go with my pick, uh, Rocky Four. So I'm a huge Rocky fan. I love the franchise. Never heard except of it, except for five. And Rocky Four is just as ridiculous as Rocky gets. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, spoilers. Even though Apollo dies in it, it's the least serious of all of the Rocky movies. It's taken the 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 least seriously. It's definitely the most like cartoony. Yeah, yeah. like it's really like where it. That's where the franchise kind of went off the rails a little bit, but in just this beautiful, amazing way where you end up with the workout montage that's been parodied a thousand times over and Stallone's like the most ripped he's ever been in his life because he's on horse steroids and Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, he was more shredded than a Julianne salad. <laughs> 
love it. And uh, I mean, Uncle Polly's got a robot for some reason now, and um, Dolph Lundgren's just fantastic. He's it's so great. The fight scenes go on forever. They they fight for like fifty rounds, and I just love everything about that movie. The soundtrack's incredible. I absolutely adore Dolph Lundgren saying that he will break him. I will break you. Right? Like, oh, I tingle. And like the like they really I mean, it was a Cold War era film, right? Because Rocky gets kind of preachy at the end. And um, it's just it's so great that they did the David and Goliath thing because Stallone's not a very big guy, actually, in real life. And Dolph Lundgren is it's huge. Yeah. And so like it's a pretty great. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> Sorry. It's a pretty great dichotomy. And I just yeah, I don't know. Ryan, thoughts? I like Rocky Four. Not one I'd rewatch a bunch of like regularly i i'd watch it like once a year if somebody wanted to watch it with me but i, I wouldn't watch it like every weekend oh, man. I, wa- I had a vhs of that that we recorded off a of tv and i just ran it into the ground i love that one so much that tracks i mean like i i can see you doing that right okay so um i promise this is the last one and then i'll get off of this um i have another musical willy wonka and the chocolate factory <laughs> And I watched this uh, movie about once every three or four months because I adore it. I'll watch it in the mornings before I go to work. I love Gene Wilder. I love the whimsy and the happiness that stems from this. I love the kind of horror aspects in the background and sometimes in the foreground, like in the tunnel but the movie is just so magical even today. I like again great practical effects that hold up on screen. The story is wonderful. It's powered by good actors, so I'm on board for it for the rest of my life. I'm just gonna keep watching it. That tunnel scene is still very creepy. Yes, yes. The like, yeah, the head getting cut off the chicken and all the worms, and it's it's creepy. I think that's a movie that I I liked more as a kid and now as an adult when I kind of notice things more. It's just there's some messed up stuff like his grandpa is fine, right? Like, why isn't he working anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's fine. not fine, though. I mean, he seems pretty fine as soon as the golden ticket shows up. No, he's good. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's having trouble walking. For like 10 minutes. Yeah. Because he's been laying Less in than bed. that. Because he <laughs> sings a song and by the end of the song he's fine. You're right. Yeah. Like he's Once they get to the factory. Well, maybe he's... they didn't know that the power of music would heal him so <laughs> that much. That's what it was. <laughs> I don't care. It, 
Yeah, some of the characters are problematic. Like, every adult sucks, but most of the kids are a lot of fun. Yeah, I like the kids, even though most of them die. (laughs) (laughs) That is another reason why I I kind of enjoy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, because they explain what happens to the kids at the end, and none of them are dead. Some of them are transformed, but nobody's dead. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I never saw that one all the way through. That's not true. We watched it together. I sat with you and you were like, let's not do this again. And I was like, okay. Ryan. <laughs> okay. So I want to preface this by in chat saying that we had uh, Midnight Pearl recognizing Rachel's uh, Deuce Bigelow <laughs> reference, but disappointing me because I made a reference to my next movie as a teaser to what my next pick would be. Mm. And that did not get recognized. So Midnight Pearl, up your game. <laughs> Jesus. I'm calling you out. Uh, my next movie Harsh. is is Tropic Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> I could watch that movie probably every two days for the rest of my life, and I would not get sick of it. That is one of my favorite movies to like put on right before I go to bed. I fall asleep. I wake up twenty minutes later, laugh, go back to sleep. Like I love that movie. It sh- it shouldn't have been okay to make. No, like no. there's so many things that should have been horrible in this movie and it was not it was Mm. magic everything in it was magic i love it yeah i cannot get enough of that movie i'm still unsure why like people weren't actually mad about this movie oh oh oh. the um the r word scene i'm not gonna say but that brought on a lot of issues like a lot of people protested because of it the blackface thing, I have never actually heard somebody complain about that. No, and like I have a, a, f- a few black friends, not a ton of black friends, but a few black friends, and I've asked them about this before, and everybody I've asked that is black about this movie, why it wasn't offensive to people of, of you know. Was it because of the parody aspect or something? It would be said because know. it was taken so far. Like it was making fun of the actor yeah. and not making fun of the race. That's a good point. Um, that's the explanation I've gotten. None of them have had a problem with it. In fact, most of them thought it was hilarious. So I, I appreciate that, though, because you have to watch the movie to know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you just watch the trailer, like it, you know, it just looks like Robert Downey Jr. did blackface. And if you look at that and you wanted to be upset, how could I blame you? Like if anybody else did that, that would not be OK. And for some reason, just I guess the way it was written and the fact that it was Robert Downey well, Jr., I can almost guarantee that, you know, just because I haven't seen ire from people doesn't mean it didn't exist. Oh, sure. So I don't mean literally. No. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But no, that movie was not a safe bet. Like there's drugs and nudity and, you know, Tom Cruise coming out of nowhere being a complete not credited even, I don't asshole. So it was it's Wonderful. his best role, maybe. I don't know about that, but it's an amazing I, well, okay. cameo. I like a lot of his stuff. It's, but that, it's I mean, one of the best cameos ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Really great cameo. Like, and he I, wasn't like in the billing at all no, when no. you saw a trailer. Nothing said. So you were just left to go look at him and go, "Is that Tom Cruise?" And then like, he does a dancing at the yeah. end to the apple the bottom credits, jeans. Yeah. yeah, so good, so great. Like, I, I think that's why I continue to like Tom Cruise because I know he's gone off the rails a few times, but he has such a good sense of humor about himself. Yeah. That I can that he would do a role like this, and I think he actually uh, was the one that suggested that the character look this way and like dance that's that fair. way. So you know his sense of comedy is very good, if yeah. that's true. The- I, I 
this just goes to show you that like I tend to like Ben Stiller more as a director than I do as an actor. Yeah, he directed Cable Guy too. So. Yeah, um, and Reality uh, Bites, and yeah, I just tend to like that a bit more. Fun thing about that movie, if you never watched the commentary, there's a throwaway line in the movie that says uh, Sergeant Osiris, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. He says, "I don't drop the drop the." Uh, uh, character to the DVD commentary. He does the whole commentary in character. In character. <laughs> Jeez, man, that's fantastic. And it's worth watching f- just for that reason alone. God, I love Robert Downey well, no, I Jr. I guess I gotta do that, now. right? I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I don't watch commentary. Well, it is often. sitting right over yeah, there. We have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's great. That's good to know. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, so I guess I'll go for my next pick then. Yes. Um, some. Uh, so I'll go with with the uh, Galaxy Quest. It's a good Such one. A that was, I didn't put it on my list, but I because I knew you were going to say it or Rachel would say it. Well, so. this whole podcast was prompted by a conversation we had in our private messenger chat uh, the other day. when Which was asked. prompted by a Reddit thread I saw about someone in one of the smaller movie subreddits said, what What are your most rewatchable movies? And I said, you know what? I wonder if my my best friends in the world, Aww. what if they would agree with me or what we different have, movies you they You and I had have. a lot of overlap. There's a lot of crossover. But Uh-oh. I was mostly curious in the difference yeah. differences rather than the overlap. So that's fair. So to disappoint Midnight Pearl, there's not going to be a Star Trek movie on my list because it's Galaxy Quest. Because it's the best Star Trek uh, movie ever. It's one of the best Star Trek it movies for best. damn sure. Galaxy Quest is a joy. It is so much fun to watch. If if you're a Trekkie, you love it because it's a parody of Star Trek. It's a parody of the the fact the show itself, the fans, the concepts, the con- the conventions, all of it. And if you're not a Star Trek fan, it's a wonderful sci-fi comedy with an incredible cast. I mean, and an incredible makeup and effects team. Oh yeah, like through the roof. Everything looks amazing in that movie. All of it. The prosthetic work look, looks amazing. The ship model, the costuming. Like, I got to see it. Saris in real life, and he was just as beautiful up close. Incredible. As he was in the movie, it was gorgeous. Yeah, you know this this movie just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's quirky. It's weird. There's tiny things about it. Um, it's shot in three different aspect ratios, which uh, confused movie theaters when it first came out. But it opens up with the TV show, and that's in an old four by three. It moves out to sixteen by nine, and then when the doors open up and um, he realizes he's actually in space when Tim Allen realizes he's in space, it moves to the full widescreen of the movie theater. And it's a really cool effect that you can't see on the VHS or the DVD, but um, it's just everything about that movie is just fantastic. Did you know that Saris was named after a critic that pans the director's previous movie? No. Yeah. Yeah. So he Do you named, know what the movie was? I curious. don't remember. I'll have oh, to man. look it up. But he totally lambasted it. It made it just like ripped it a new one. And when he found out that he was a character in the other one, he was like, what are they going to do? I'm 80 years old and the most successful critic out there. Like, I, I, it's not even an insult. I, it's fair. so um, I thought it was funny. Yeah, a lot of people have avoided the movie over the years, especially Trekkies, because they think it's poking fun at that's laughing at them. But Patrick Stewart actually wouldn't go see the movie at first because he thought that, and he he's very proud of the franchise and the work that he's done on it. And Jonathan Frakes told him, who he plays Riker, he told him, "You have to go see the movie. You really do. Trust me." And he did, and he loved every minute of it because it's a love story to the franchise. It's much like the fiction. Orville, where it's yeah. like you could take it as a parody, but it's really not. It's more of a love letter and an homage to the to the series. Absolutely, yeah. and 
if you can just sit down and and just enjoy it for what it is, it's incredible. And really, Trekkies probably would enjoy it more because oh. there's so many subtle things that maybe the average moviegoer wouldn't get. But if you're a Trekkie, then you think it's hilarious, you know? Yeah. And I mean, just the cast alone. Forget, like, the cast is phenomenal. You know, you've got Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, um, Alan, Rickman. Alan Rickman, and it, it just goes on from there. It's really a wonderful, wonderful cast. Mm-hmm. So that's my pick. Cool. My turn? Your yeah. turn, Rachel. Jurassic fucking Park. <laughs> I watch this movie so often. I was I, I was sick earlier this month. We even missed a, a podcast because of it, and I commented on it. But I, I was stuck laying in bed, and I watched Jurassic Park. And when I was done watching Jurassic Park, I told Derek to put on Jurassic Park again. And he was like, are you sure you don't want to watch two or three? And I was like, no. I just want to watch number Alan. one. <laughs> I love three for that reason. <laughs> The bird scene's terribly frightening. Like, that's really good, sh- well-shot horror kind of stuff. But, uh, or I should say the pterodons, not the birds. But whatever. Anyway. The birdosaurus. Jurassic Park holds up. It's a classic sci-fi film. It's a classic action film. Uh, it's... I'm going to just go out on a limb. I personally subjectively think that it's Spielberg's best work, but that's just me. Ever. That is just you. Yeah. That, and that's fine. That's I don't, hard. I don't have to. I know you really liked Ready Player One. All right. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> anyway, I you? like you can fight me on how much of rewatchable this is or whatnot but you can't say it's a bad movie because it's not everybody notoriously disagrees with you (laughs) so that's i just fucking love that movie yeah i mean i i've voiced my distaste for some of the jurassic movies right but the original jurassic park is not one of those movies that i would voice distaste for i still think it's a great movie it's not like it, it didn't impact me so much as it did you guys. Mm-hmm. I was not as into dinosaurs as a lot of kids were. Oh, that's fair. It, I had but a bunch of dinosaurs. But it was really cool. Like, it was a great movie. It was extremely well made. The practical effects still hold up. But for me, not that rewatchable. Despite it being a great movie, I would never argue that. And if somebody wanted to watch it with me, I would watch it with them. But sure. not like every day or oh, even probably even every year, really. How about you? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah. I love it. I can watch it at any time it was on my list um nice. but i'll replace it with something else but it's um yeah it, it holds up very very well and the, the cast is also a lot of fun the dialogue is great it's a very dialogue heavy film and i'm a huge fan of that and um yeah i mean the rest of the franchise may not hold up very well to it um they're rewatchable for different reasons you know, um, i think that most of the cast in this movie might this was probably their best movie for most most of them or maybe not most but a good majority of them maybe not samuel L. jackson it's, it's, and not uh jeff goldblum but. damn good ensemble film all of them mm-hmm. working together like I mean, Sam Neill is a very stable actor. He gets constant roles, and he's never bad in anything, even in the stuff no, that's bad. No, but when I think of but, him, this is the role I think yeah. of him for. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, Samuel L. Jackson was basically an unknown at the time. Right, yeah. <laughs> like he was killed off screen. And it's way outside of his normal yeah. like mm-hmm. character, too. So, mm-hmm. But it's great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ryan, your turn. 
Okay, so I, keep in mind, I'm trying to pick movies that are not on your guys' list because I want you guys to have the movies that are on your list and have us give give us more to talk about. No, so, but you still have to talk about like your faves and stuff. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we have enough time for that. Um, Fight Club. Really? That's rewatchable for you? Yeah. Okay, why? I really like that. Well, you know, I don't have a good answer for that. Okay. Um, it's just a little bit dark. So far, dark, everything we've talked about is kind of fun. But it's not so... It's not like Logan dark. Like, for me, it's just <laughs> the... Logan dark. It's, it's, for me, it's just the the right amount of dark to where I can watch it over again and over again and not get depressed. There's a decent amount of levity in there. You yeah, really and, and nothing is taken that. so seriously... It's all presented kind of cartoonishly, right? Like That's the, true. The characters going to the meetings that are very serious, people with problems and addictions and whatever else, um, but the way the characters handle it is not in that way. Right. So like all of a sudden you're in your head and it's a penguin right, you know? <laughs> habitat. Um, and... Yeah. Even like the stuff at the end where probably a bunch of people died and, right. you know, things like that were not handled in a way that really made you think that a bunch of people died. Yeah. Um, you were more concerned about what was going on and what the main characters were. And even knowing the whole twist at the end, it, it actually makes it a better movie when you go rewatch it, I think. Oh, okay. um, At least in my opinion. Maybe this isn't a popular choice. But for me, I've watched that movie a lot. And it's definitely surprising, you know. I yeah. I wasn't thinking we were going to have a lot of dark yeah. on here. This, maybe it's, uh, it doesn't come across as, as dark for me as it does maybe for some other That's, people. I don't know. Interesting. I've actually never seen it. Really? He hasn't. Yeah, so I, I can't speak to that. Okay. I don't know that it would be that impactful for you now as it was when the movie came out. It's one of those things where, you know, when it hits the theaters in the right time and um, yeah. people haven't seen things like it before then it's more impactful. But now there's yeah. been other movies that have come out that have tried to emulate the same kind of thing. And so maybe it wouldn't be as enjoyable for you, but you, we should do that sometime review that movie, or at least you and I watch it and be yeah, friends. Hang out. It. It's on my short list of ones I've, I've been meaning to see. So, yeah. um, okay. So I guess for me then, uh, the next one on my list would be independence day. I'll just do my two sci-fi ones back to back. So, nice. um, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. Everybody who listens to the show knows that. I'm a giant Will Smith fan. I love Jeff Goldblum. Bill Pullman's wonderful. Uh, so this movie is just kind of a perfect situation for me. But it's quotable. It's action-packed. It's, it's some of those effects don't hold up very well anymore. All of like when the alien ships pan over the screen, it's pretty rough. Um, but the actual aliens themselves still look great, and it's just that's because they were practical. That's yes, yeah, so that's exactly right. Uh, but it's still a very like fun, well-written, kind of campy and cheesy film. And if you don't like Bill Pullman's president's speech, his 4th of July speech, I just can't even talk to you. So It is wonderful. Like, <laughs> like, there's so many times where I just want to scream, we will not go quietly into the night. Like, <laughs> but I can't. I'm not Bill Pullman. It's the best movie speech ever given. Hands down. Oh. Yeah. I said it. That's extreme. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I like I like <laughs> Independence Day. I think it's a great movie that was um, came out again at the perfect time and yeah. uh, was relevant to the culture and and yeah, great cast, great lines. But for me, it's like Jurassic Park. It was a movie I I hold into a deep spot in my heart that I really enjoyed when it came out and thought it was great. But I don't rewatch it. So that's fair. But I rewatch Fight Club, so you know, take yeah. that for what it's worth. Well, like I said, I, I I never saw it, so I don't know. But yeah, 
All right. So my next one, I don't know if this is going to be my last one, but my next one, I have to do a shout out because it is a terrible 90s movie. We're doing five. You got two more. Oh, okay. Terrible 90s movie. It completely went under the radar in everybody I talk to. No one's ever seen it, but it's uh, it stars French Stewart. It's called Love Stinks, and I used to watch that after every... Is that the guy from Third Rock from the Sun? Yes, yes. I used to watch that. He did movies? He did. Okay. After every (laughs) breakup, because I kept seeing it going, well, nothing's as bad as this. These two, French Stewart and uh, his his counterpart, like the two of them have the worst relationship and it always makes me feel better. And there are some weird cameos in this film that you don't expect, but absolutely hilarious. It's super like vulgar, but not in the way that it like puts you off where it seems like low hanging fruit. It, it, it It's like blue comedy before for hangover bridesmaids kind of era so interesting yeah it was it's a really basic movie it is not good like tyra (laughs) banks is a principal cast member for god's sake okay so just set your expectations really low but i caught this one day on hbo when i was in high school and well after it had come out and i still just rewatch it after every breakup and i just laugh and laugh and laugh hopefully you know i don't have to watch it again because of that reason and i just get to show you what a ridiculous movie i'm sure it is. he can't wait to watch it yeah, i've never it's seen right it. up there wait you own it i do okay I own this is yours because yeah. i thought oh, this collection i always think of that this, this is derek's i always no, forget is, that some merged. of that is yours but we merged our collections it was mm-hmm. a big day um so i've never seen it my breakup movie is high fidelity which is pretty cliche i think but. do you have a breakup movie no okay just i'm a serial monogamous my relationships last so long that i would have watched that movie like four times <laughs> in my life i mean i fair enough but maybe more than that but still yeah uh, yeah I, right. just, I was just the dichotomy on mine's just very cliche high fidelity is very much a breakup movie so okay never seen that either oh you should see high fidelity it that is a legitimately no good i mean film i've heard and, it's very good I've you know jack black it. is in john Cusack. prime jack blackness yeah. Yeah, you should you should borrow it. It's very good. You're more more prime Jack Black than Cable Guy, than Tropic Thunder, than okay. Tenacious D. It's prime Jack Black. That's saying something. All right, Ryan, your next one. My next one. Um, let's go a little bit more more recent. Uh, Thor Ragnarok has become one for Ooh, me. Okay, okay. I don't rewatch Marvel movies generally. But that one, well, I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I'd probably check. But when it when it was on Netflix, I watched it probably once a month for a little while. I mean, I I think it's probably my favorite Marvel movie. Even I know it's not the best, and there's movies I would put ahead of it in terms of just like cinematic appeal and you know general movie. But uh, it's it's probably my personal favorite of the Marvel universe, and I think that the humor is perfect and. You know, there's things about the movie that aren't perfect, but uh, the cast coming together is great. The direction is wonderful. Um, it, it just works for me on on almost every level. And uh, yeah, this is by far my most rewatchable like Marvel movie. And just in general, it's one of the most rewatchable movies for me in recent years, especially. That's cool. That's I mean, it's certainly a lot of fun. Um, that's very interesting. I don't have any Marvel movies on my list. 
Yeah. But what if you had to pick the most rewatchable Marvel movie for you? What would it be? The first Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have I, one, I, that one. I have, it's the other one that I've watched a good amount. But I love that movie. I do, I still think it's the. I mean, Endgame aside, is the the best of the MCU, and uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And it's the oldest too, so it's the easiest to say that about because I've seen it the most. Yeah. Know? It's been out the longest. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? If you had to pick a Marvel movie, uh, so both of those would be on my list. Both of those I've rewatched just this year, let alone, uh, a total. So, I. I, different than that I'm going to go out on a limb and say Age of Ultron because I find mm. that every time I watch it I like it a little bit more yeah I find you guys a did not like more... it when it came out no, we, had a, I, we came was, to blows almost over it so I was pretty bothered by it I, I thought it was messy and clunky in places and there are still places and that's still true yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I think it, it suffers from <clears throat> the Spider-Man 3 syndrome just too much ideas in one but I think it's handled a lot better. It had more space to grow and develop. So uh, I think the depth that's there is really enjoyable. So that's I, fair. I've watched that one a few more times just because I, I tend to like it more and more every time. Eventually nice. it'll overtake the original Avengers as your favorite Avengers movie. Oh, I think Endgame already did that. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That just had too much fan service in it for me. I can't fair deny enough. that. Can't deny it. I'm a fan girl. That's what I do. No, it's hard to rank Endgame with the with the rest because it's the culmination of all of them. Yeah, and so it's kind of hard to see it on its own because it it can't stand on its own. It needs the others. That's the point. Yeah, you know. So, um, all right. So I guess my next pick then. Uh, so I've got two left here. So I am going to go with the Princess Bride. Nice. It's on all of our lists, I'm sure. Yes. Um, oddly enough, I didn't get to see this movie until college. I didn't know about it. I had never even heard of it for some reason. And it, I mean, the first time I watched it, it immediately you became fell one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I will watch that movie anytime. I don't even care when. It's just so good. Just uh, everything about it's wonderful. Yeah. You know. Can't wait for the remake. Please no. <laughs> So I'm not one of those people that think a remake can ruin things, can go back and tarnish. But like, what could a remake bring to it that's different? Like, just new actors? I mean, that's the thing. Like some stuff you remake because now we have the technology to really see through the vision that they didn't have the ability to do. Or, or like the person just didn't nail the story. Like some bad movies can be remade. That's fair. That's definitely so. fair. But yeah, with this, I mean... There's no weak points. What, no. what are you going to make it look better? You know, the costumes are great. The sets are fun. The, the, the dialogue's amazing. I mean, it's one of the most well-written and directed films I've ever seen. And it's just a joy. You want to see a different Princess Bride or something new? Like, watch Stardust. That is a spiritual successor. It does pretty much the exact same kind of fantasy story where everybody is playing a serious comedic role and going after the same stuff and they all meet up like watch stardust because that is usually on my list i rewatch that one pretty often uh, but yeah definitely same vein if you like princess bride you'll like stardust and it's a more modern film so you have your successor you have your sequel i it's- second that and we'll just add to it if you like robert de niro at all he has a relatively small role, but it's like, one of my favorite roles. Claire ever Danes, <laughs> Robert De Niro, Charlie Cox, Michelle Pfeiffer, Henry Cavill, Naomi Watts, or no, Sienna Miller, excuse me. Like, it just goes on and on. Just watch Stardust. That's fair. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I probably need to because all those names sound awesome. All right. Oh, Mark Strong. Yeah, he's all right. 
Okay, so my last one, I, I did have Stardust on my list, but since you said Princess Bride, I just piggybacked. Um, Robin Hood Men Insights. Nice. I, I actually just rewatched that like last week. Uh, I think I watched it maybe two weeks ago. I think it's the most quotable of the Mel Brooks films. I think it's the one that holds up the most. It doesn't slog at all. Um, I find myself just randomly quoting it to friends. I'll send them messages out of nowhere. It's like, did you say Abe Lincoln? And no, I said Abe, <laughs> Abe Lincoln. <laughs> I said Abe Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. You've got a wonderful lead. You have wonderful supporting characters. Just silly slaps at comedy. It never punches down. It never like no. Tries. It's never. I mean, it's not really dumb comedy at any point. No, yeah, it's no. It's, a little it's more not like smart comedy, but... but you know, it's you never feel like it's fart jokes and. I mean, but it's also not like based on racism yeah. or a homophobia or anything. Just so a like, lot of silly stuff. And then yeah. there's some sex jokes, but there's a lot of silly yeah, it's stuff. It's very typical maybe. Mel Brooks yeah. type movies. So. And Patrick Stewart shows up for 30 seconds. He does. So, so great. I, my, that blew my mind when I first saw that. By oh, the way. I'm sure. I think that was I'm the sure. first not Star Trek thing I ever saw him in. Well, <laughs> I... I was blown away because of the rap at the very beginning oh, and so the end. Good. Not because it's good. It's not a good rap, guys. It's, it's not. It's no. wonderful. But every single movie was doing like their own personal rap song at the time. <laughs> like Adam's Family had their own and uh, Wild Wild West. Like anything with Will Smith had its own rap music. Oh, well, yeah. Right. So it was just like the thing. And so Mel Brooks parodied everything from start to finish. Nailed it. Right? I got this. I got this. I think my favorite scene in Robin Hood Men in Tights is at the creek with Little John where they have to fight with the sticks. Oh, and he falls in? And like the stick just it keeps breaking and it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. And, and they smack each other's fingers. Yeah. Like it when it's tiny. <laughs> it's just yeah. so good. It's not really the mighty Mississippi. Right? I'm on the east side. I'm on the west side. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Like... Sorry. Dave Chappelle is so good in that he movie. Is. Um, all right. Right. My last one. Well, I'm kind of torn on which one to go with. Right. For me personally, it's probably going to be Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Um, I know you guys weren't as big of a fan of it as I was, but it for me, I saw it like that first time at the theater. With yeah, you, you guys had a bad experience. You know, like, that was not that's not the place to see. We went to Alamo Draft House. They showed it on the original eight millimeter film, thirty-five or thirty-five millimeter. Sorry, and it was uh, it was a quote along, and if you've ever been to one of those at Alamo Draft House, it's not a good experience for the first time seeing a movie, in my opinion. Yeah. It kind of taints the movie. Well, it, it was like your hundredth time seeing Labyrinth. Yeah. You still didn't enjoy it. No, I did not enjoy it. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that wants to quote the movie along with, with other people there. I might do it if I'm by myself, but right. I want to enjoy the movie because that's why I'm there. But um, that movie, again, just like a lot of the other ones we talked about, it was perfect you know casting perfect acting perfect directing everything just worked out and it came into something that was really magical to watch and um you know i hope you guys watch it again outside of that oh i I have since oh have you yeah did you appreciate it more after that okay it grows on you for sure um so yeah for me you know I, i have other favorite movies that are on my list but they're probably not as re as rewatchable for me as as big trouble in little china so nice that's fair. Yeah. 
Um, so my last one won't really come as a surprise to people that listen to the show, but it's Clue. Uh, Clue is my favorite movie. Can't uh, wait for the remake. Uh, that one I am excited for the remake. I'm still on the fence about it. I have faith in, in Ryan Reynolds. Um, I do. I think because the board games have been reinvented so many times and updated with modern stuff, I think it can be this movie could be made like every 20 or 30 years with a completely new cast and storyline, and it'll still be fun because it's like a silly murder mystery. Yeah, so. I mean, part of it is um, it's kind of like Seinfeld, the show. A lot of the concepts wouldn't work in 2019 because things have evolved like technologically. Yeah. Right. Like if you had a cell phone on Seinfeld, half of those episodes just don't happen. Right. A lot of clue has to do with them being trapped in this house in a storm and they can't they have nowhere to go they have no one coming in there's no way to contact anybody right the, there, there's you know the phone but they know exactly where that is and you know what happens there but you know a lot of it has to do with that being cut off there's no internet there's no television well i don't think it needs to be a modern movie I, like oh, okay. i don't think it needs to be set in modern times gotcha. i just meant i think this movie could be remade with like the the times comedic actors and still pull off a good story that's fair and look i mean clue is by is far from a perfect film the editing is actually pretty terrible um and it the acting is great i mean the cast is is really a phenomenal and i'll stand by that but yes. um you know not perfect not really well edited or directed it's kind of messy and clunky and there's a lot of dubbing that's just really terrible none of the endings work by uh, the way none like, of the three endings work it. at all uh studied yeah we've tried really hard to figure out which one of those would work but uh, I mean, it's the cast that brings me back to it. You know, it's it's Tim Curry, who's truly one of the greats, and Madeline Kahn, who's up there with him. And the, the, flames, flames uh, on the side of my face, fire. She's <laughs> breathing just, heavy, heavy breaths. She's Sorry. wonderful. She's always been one of my favorites. She was in you know several of the Mel Brooks films too, and I just I love her. And Christopher Lloyd's in it, and it just it goes. It's just great. I first so. saw her in History of the World Part One, and like she stands up out of her palanquin and she just screams in this shrill voice, "My tits are falling off!" And I was like, "I love this woman. Like she, this woman's hilarious." And I was like seven years old. Um. So you know we're over time, of course. But do you guys want to do any honorable mentions? Anything that you just want to throw out there, real quick? Back to the Future and Ferris Bueller's too. Day Off. I have watched those movies on TBS and TNT and USA, like almost every weekend since I was a small child. Uh, outside of those, on my list, I had Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, yes, um, Kick Ass, Army of Darkness, Fifth Element. Good call. So. Good list. Yeah, Groundhog Day would definitely be uh, one of mine. Back to the Future was one of mine as well. But I also had um, a couple others. Hook, I always really loved as oh, a kid. Oh, yeah, that one's a good one. I think it's it's really wonderful. Um, kind of a difficult one to, to watch all the time, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy I really think is amazing, and I try and watch it at least once a year because of that. Um, and then kind of an older movie a lot of people have forgotten about, Airplane. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, it's like old comedy from the, the Zimmerman brothers, and uh, it's totally ridiculous. It's a lot less appropriate than I remembered as a kid. It completely it as changed the course of Leslie Nielsen's career. Like before that, he was a serious dramatic actor. That was his first comedic role, mm-hmm. and it got us some some amazing comedies and some terrible comedies. But I loved him. All naked guns. Uh, na- <laughs> Wait, are those yeah. the amazing ones or the terrible ones? Both. First one's pretty good. I liked them all. The third one's not a good movie. 33 and a third? Yeah. I thought it was fine. Um, I liked it. 
Oh, I actually think I remember seeing that in theaters with my dad because he loved the Naked Gun oh. movies, and he, that was the That's first sweet. one I was old enough to see in theaters with him. So nice. I love those movies. I love Leslie Nielsen, and um, I still like. I love those silly jokes where he's like, "Wow, lovely beaver you got there." She hands him a beaver, and a, like. That's the kind of stuff that's just slapstick and funny to me. Like, well, it's one of my favorite holy. movie theater moments was Scary Movie 3. Because at the end of the movie... You paid for that? I did. At the end of the movie... So <gasps> Leslie Nielsen plays the president of the United States in Scary Movie 3. Come on for annulment. Um, <laughs> and at the end of the movie, they're fighting the, the girl from the, the, the ring... And he just opens a door and knocks the girl into the well and saves the day and says, I just wanted to wish you all good luck. We're all counting on you. And then leaves, which is his line that he does like six times in Airplane. And I lost, like, the, my friends that we were with, we all lost our minds in that scene and nobody else thought it was funny at all. And we were the only ones who laughed. But there you have it. Do you guys have horror movies that you rewatch? Not Ghostbusters. Um, the Shining. And, I mean, Ghostbusters, of course, but The Shining. Not Ghostbusters. The Shining and Evil Dead. I mean, if I had to yeah. pick one that I rewatch, I don't rewatch a lot of horror movies, but probably Evil Dead 2 would be yeah. Army of Darkness if you'd count it, but that's more of a comedy than anything it else. And probably Evil Dead 2. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, you. cool. Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Mm-hmm. That was good, Zack Snyder, but... Uh, I, I need still to adjust my list. am the only one who laughs when... 300 would have been on my list, too. That, stupid I just zombie thought about baby that. dies. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Yeah, those would be on my list, too. Yeah, those are really rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Not The World's End, though. We don't talk about I that like one. The World's End a lot. Mm. I don't think it's quite at the level of the first two. It's not on the same intelligence level. It's a good comedy. It's better than a lot of American comedies That's that were made sure. around the exact same time. <laughs> it is not on the same intelligence level as the first two, which is kind of the bummer. Yep. But, but those first two are two of my top yeah. films of all time. I yeah. Just, I mean, I, there's only so much time in, in the right. podcast, so we can't talk about no. all of them. You know? Yeah, you're right. Okay, guys. So that is going to wrap us up. Of course, let us know what your rewatchable films are. What are your qualifications for rewatchability? What just tugs at you and makes you want to watch a movie over and over again? I did say that I was going to ask these guys what 2019 movie they want to rewatch. So, I mean, it'd probably so far. Yeah, yeah. The ones that you've seen so far, we see a lot of movies. Which ones do you want to rewatch? I want to rewatch. Endgame and Shazam. I want to rewatch Captain Marvel. I've um, rewatched Shazam. That would probably be a okay. good pick for me. Endgame right. is up there too. Yeah. All right. I mean, cool. those have been the most fun movies of the year. Endgame. I mean, yeah, man, that's a fun ride. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I just don't think fun when like, I when I think. I mean, about look, it's movies. got some sad moments in it, but it's a massive film that has some really like it has some some lows and it's got some incredible highs. Yeah. You know. You can yeah. catch our review of that. We reviewed it earlier this year. so It'll be in the show notes. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> you can search for it. It's on the, it's on the feed. <laughs> All right, guys. That is going to wrap us up. Let us know your rewatchable movies. Like I said, uh, you can follow the show at Screen Heroes Pod on twitter you can follow ryan myself and derek all on facebook instagram and twitter individually he ryan is the uh your buster props right yeah derek is the star trek dude i am siren right you can follow heroes podcast and all of the podcasts on the network at heroes podcast dot com uh we also are on facebook instagram and twitter and uh screen heroes is live on twitch 
every single week. And maybe Facebook too. So. Tuesday. Yeah, maybe Facebook. If if that went well, we'll totally do it again. Cool. Cool. Cool, guys. All right. Good talk. Good talk. We're going to wrap this up. We'll catch you later. Bye, guys. Did you bring the butt for? What's a butt for? For pooping, silly.